hi, and welcome to The Juiciest Bits. I'm Mandy, soon to be joined by Charlie. Uh, today we are talking about Cat People, a 1942 B-horror movie that is uh, just delightfully weird and uh, and beautiful and pretty great all around. So um, yeah, we talk about, well, cats. We talk about um, issues of sex, issues of women and uh, their treatment by the medical system. Um, oh, all manner of things. Uh, so we look forward to, to sharing this with you and uh, we hope you enjoy it. So stick around and listen to our episode about cat people. Hello. Hello. She's, she's, oh, no, no, I was going to say she's Charlie. Nope. <laughs> she's Mandy. And they're Charlie. Yeah. And this is The, the Juiciest, Juiciest Bits. Bits. Yes. Yes. I'm like fully professional now. I know. We made it. We made it. We did. I think in my long, long career of podcast listening. Yes. Um, it's always the intro that that um, befuddles and stamps the, it, the host. It really so. makes or breaks. It really does. It yeah. sets the tone. And and if it's fumbled right out of the gate, mm-hmm. out of the, out of the, <laughs> wait, <laughs> what? What gets fumbled? Football? <laughs> if the football gets fumbled. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know sports. I'm gonna stop. Oh well, good thing I know sports. <laughs> All the, the sports. sports expert. Yeah, I, that is a scary thought. <laughs> so today we're here to talk about cat people. I'm a cat person, Are which you a cat is person? I. I am also a cat person. Um, I. But in a sexy way. <sighs> hmm. This is the question. I feel like there's not enough discussion about... Like, okay, so cat people in film. We saw this with the Batman also. Mm-hmm. Cat people in film are often, like, really sexy for some reason. And I feel like in real life, they also have, like, the opposite um, perception. So, like, you call someone a cat person in real life, you're like, oh, they're, like, a gross person. <laughs> um, but you call someone a cat person in a movie, and they're like, ooh, sexy. Well, I think the difference there is a person who... Cat hair. They, yes. Yeah. A person who takes on the persona of a cat versus a person who just likes cats mm. more than people. Mm. Yeah, good point, good point, good point. Yeah. Uh, a cat person versus a cat lady, which is an unfair gender stereotype. Oh, but it's true because there yeah. can be cat dudes. There can be cat dudes and cat non-binaries. Yes. Yep. And other other sorts of people also. Yep. It's it's a equal opportunity regardless of gender. It is true. So, what was your relationship with this movie? Have I, you heard of it before? Did I had you know about heard it? of it. It was in my Criterion cart. During the Criterion sale, and I purged it <gasps> because how dare you? The cover is incredible. The I Criterion know. Cover is so good. I know, but I had to cover alone. Work was paying for them, so I had to sort of justify everything. This is my disappointed face. I know. I'm sorry, but uh, as hey, someone who has taken English courses, can... you can justify anything <laughs> you want. It's true, but also I only have a certain amount of money, and I wanted to save some of it. So what, what got the boot instead of cat people? 
I mean, what what did what did you boot? What did I buy instead? Yeah, instead of cat people, I bought what replaced cat people in your heart. <laughs> I got the uninvited, mm. and I got mm. um a few some some noir, and I got some post war comedy, and uh, you know stuff that cats, I research. Though? No. Mm, well, more's the pity. Yeah, that's a yeah. strike against it for sure. But anyway, so I saw it and it looked amazing. And then the other day I was watching the Criterion Channel and the 1982 version was on. And I saw that and it looks bonkers. And then when we decided to do Cat People, I started watching that one instead of the 1942 one. And was texting Charlie, this movie is amazing. And they were like, I know. <laughs> and they were like, and it's a tight 80. And I was like, mine's two hours. That's weird. <laughs> and then I said something about how Malcolm McDowell can always be a creep. And that's when and we And I was like, wait. Yeah. There's no... Uh, unless he is unrecognizable. Yes. And, and also... Ageless. A sperm. Yeah. Father's ball sack. Yeah, so I realized I was watching the wrong one, but stand by because I'm sure we're going to talk about that one someday because it's wild. Okay, yeah. Yes. I can't wait to watch it too. Oh, I, like, as soon as you're you said it, it, I looked it up and it looks very sexy mm-hmm. and very spicy. So, very early 80s. <sighs> a treat, a treat. Yeah. What you about, know what? We're probably due actually for another cat pers- people movie if it comes around every forty years. That's true. It's yeah. like it's like it, but for cat people movies. Yeah, or like uh, you know the dark TV show where something you know yes. like the cycle of the earth just yes. like, keeps spinning every thirty three years. Mm-hmm. The the cat people come around every forty. I look forward to yeah. the cat people yeah. coming around. We're waiting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I also didn't like really have very much context for this movie aside from the fact that it like keeps popping up on all of those you know monster mash lineup of classic horror yeah um so yeah had like sort of scrolled past it a bunch with like yeah i'll watch the wolfman yeah i'll watch cat people yeah whatever whatever um so this was a great chance to lean into that now (laughs) um and you know i love a tight 90 but I actually yes. love a tight 73 even more. Oh, yeah. And this movie clocks in at a very slim 73. Oh. Uh, so I was, prime, I was primed to love it already. Of course. Of course. Uh, may I do a summary? Please do a summary. Sweet. Uh, so we open the film with a quote, as, as all important and meaningful films do. <laughs> uh, and it's a doozy, so buckle in. I'm going to read it all together. Because it sets the tone, I think. Yes, I agree. Even as fog continues to lie in the valleys, so does ancient sin cling to low places. The depression in the world consciousness. Uh, And we're like, hmm, that's some weird, like, pseudo-Freud bullshit there. But it's uh, (laughs) actually by one Dr. Lewis Judd. What's that you say? You don't know who he is? And that doesn't make sense anyway? Don't worry. It'll all become clear (laughs) later. Maybe. Maybe. Our first scene shows a woman at a zoo sketching big cats in front of the panther cage. She crumples her sketch and tosses it toward a garbage can, but misses. And a fresh-faced and callow youth picks it up and uh, points to a weird sign about beauty. And then eyes her meaningfully. And for a moment I was confused because I thought the sign should have said something like, no littering, and he was being, like, passive-aggressive. I was <laughs> like, uh, bitch, look at this. Um, 
But I guess instead, the zoo has a, a bullshit philosophical signage uh, situation to help clueless dudes pick up chicks. <laughs> of course. It's their contribution to heteronormativity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it sort of works. So the beautiful dame, Arena, keeps sketching and littering. <laughs> and our guy, Oliver, just walks up to her and tries to flirt by asking her about art. When that's a dead, she's like, I'm not an artist, I'm a designer. <laughs> He defaults to literally quoting the sign he pointed to earlier. And to literally stop him from talking, she's like, all right, you can walk me home. Mm -hmm. Oliver has no game. Oliver has no game. Oh my God. And we'll like talk about this in depth. Yes. Once they arrive at her place, Arena invites Oliver up for tea and tells him that he's the first friend she's made since coming to American from Serbia. And our boy is like, whoa, cool. I'm her first. <laughs> um, and yes, that is like the level of yeah. sexual subtlety this film maintains, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and thus begins what seems like a very weird and truly inexplicable dating ritual. Unless Mandy, as as the straight representative, <laughs> did this meet cute to marriage pipeline make any sense to you? No, not at all. Okay. No. It's so weird. It's very weird. It's, it's so very rushed. quick. And, no one's uh, interested. There's no touching. There's no touching. Yeah. So I'm going to present a couple exhibits for the jury. <laughs> Item one. After tea, uh, we see Arena standing in front of a window. It's like dark outside. It's dark inside. Um, and it's like, okay, she's just like having a nice moment to herself. But then the camera moves to show that Oliver is just sitting in the dark behind her. <laughs> I guess relaxing, enjoying the view, whatever. They barely just met each other. Mm -hmm. This is not a time to sit silently in the dark together. This is not that. Okay. It's very rarely the time to sit rarely. silently in the dark together. Only old couples that are near death do that, I yeah. think. Yeah. And that's because they've run out of things to talk about long ago. Mm -hmm. Sex is dried up. Everything's just like crusty and, and, <laughs> and the end. <laughs> Item two. Oliver just sort of, like, stands around all the time. Like, even when Arena is talking about her family trauma, mm -hmm. which, okay, is, like, a classic uh, first date lesbian behavior, so I understand that at least. <laughs> He's, like, an absolute lump. Um, and it's just sort of, like, like he looks like a mouth breather mm -hmm. in, in every scene he's in. It's just the worst. Item three. Oliver somehow gets Arena to invite him over to dinner ne the next day. Uh, and in the interim, he goes out to get her a cat. <laughs> Pets are not second date material no. either. Nope. Mm -mm. And what do you know? The cat hates her. So they go to the pet shop to exchange it for a bird. And like, I want to know the pricing system of the store because what? It's a straight exchange. Yeah. What is yeah. the straight? <laughs> a cat for a bird. Here you yeah, go. No problem. <laughs> At the pet store, all the animals lose their minds while Arena walks in. So she has to stand outside in the rain while Oliver picks out the bird for her, um, which is also terrible. <laughs> Item four, second date continued. So, and it's already going so well. She's been standing in the rain. <laughs> he got her a dead gift. Oliver falls asleep on Arena's couch. Mm -hmm. She's given him dinner. And instead of being a charming guest, he like literally dozes off in front of her. <laughs> and like... Our boy looks like he's, like, in some deep REM sleep. Because he wakes up and he's, like, doesn't know where he is a little bit. He's kind of like, oh, oh. <laughs> um, And then he tells her he loves her and they should kiss. <laughs> uh, item four supplemental. When Oliver tells Arena that they should kiss, she says, 
I've lived in dread of this moment. <laughs> exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> so they've like known each other for two days. They, yeah, this is, this has all gone down in a very short amount of time. Um, anywho, Irena's reservations aside, the next scene is the happy couple's wedding dinner, which is held at a Serbian restaurant in Irena's honor and attended by literally all of Oliver's work friends. Irena doesn't seem to have anyone in her life at the table, but there is like a weird moment where another Serbian woman in the restaurant comes up to her and addresses her as sister. This really spooks Irena and she fully shuts down. Back at their apartment, she tells Oliver that she isn't ready. And we're like, okay, do they mean like emotionally, do physically? But no, it's like very physically because they have a nice wedding night sleeping in separate rooms. And there's like a moment where they're like, okay, good night. And they're like on both sides of a door. (laughs) They might as well shake hands. Yeah, it's brutal. And I like, so far I'm like, I don't understand. Like, okay, I can maybe get what like Oliver wants from this but like i don't understand at all why arena is in this situation mm-hmm. like why is she going on with this why did she get married to this per- like what what is happening mm-hmm. um further to this arena also has a habit of going to visit panther cages <laughs> so she returns to the the opening space um and befriends the the casual zoo cleaner who does weird uh shamey um rants against uh, the panthers calling them <laughs> evil critters um and then later when she accidentally kills her new bird she's not good with pets um she goes back and feeds the dead bird to the panther of course uh naturally what one does waste not want not <laughs> uh when arena goes back to oliver that night um and tells him that she felt compelled to feed her pet to the panther uh he's like bitch you should be in therapy so off she goes to get hypnotized by dr reed yes the very same dude who was quoted in the film's opening we now know it's a fake quote um and he's also a real sleazebag dr judd hmm judd judd reed oh oh my god i (laughs) fucked up (laughs) oh no okay everything i said is a lie uh, anyways, this is finally when we get some more of the backstory. So, Arena is afraid that she's descended from a group of evil witch cat ladies, which sounds really cool and empowering. It does. Um, but there's a curse attached to it, which is really fucked up, in that if they fall in love and kiss their lover, I guess, they'll turn into a cat and rip their lover to shreds. So, she's terrified that this is the reality within her. Um, and that kissing Oliver or doing anything else will <laughs> transform her into a cat that will then maul him to death. Um, but then there's also like, so aside from the physical implications of this, she's like genuinely terrified that there's also like this kind of intangible evil around her. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of part, like it's connected to the cat stuff where there's like, there's this evil within me. But it's also, like, separate from that. So, like, I can keep the lid on the cat stuff, but then there's, like, still, like, I'm still evil, even though I'm, like, controlling it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
anyway, boatloads, boatloads of, of complicated religious fear, shame, guilt, you know, the whole fun shebang. <laughs> We're not familiar with that at all. No, not at all. Uh, anyway, so Dr. Judd, <laughs> update my notes now. <laughs> I don't know where I got Dr. Reed from. Oh, was, I, was there is there another notable psychiatrist, Dr. Reed? I think there's been a Reed in one I, of the movies we've talked about before. Probably. Maybe I just think that Dr. Reed sounds like a dick, so I <laughs> Anyway, tangent. Uh, so, Dr. Judd seems like an absolute hack because he essentially dismisses Irina's fears um, and is like, oh yeah, it's probably childhood trauma, blah, 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 blah. Um, but also don't tell your husband about this because he doesn't need to worry. Um, Irena goes home and walks in on Oliver chatting with his good work buddy, Alice. Uh, and I hate that we immediately know that they aren't just pals. There's going to be some hanky panky in this. Oh yes. There's, they have, what chemistry Oliver can muster is reserved for Alice. Yeah. And it's like a real siblings are dating moment too, where they like, oh, like, it's like, oh, they match. Like, look at that. Yes. Okay. There's like all Americanness, and they like, ooh, mm-hmm. two bros getting together. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, we know that there's going to be shenanigans later. And also like, you know, these sorts of movies, you can't have two women and like, you know, have them be pals. Oh no. Ew. Gross. Women pals. Impossible. We have to fight over a man. (laughs) Of course. Even if he's the worst. As we'll discuss later. Um, so then Arena gets upset that Oliver has spilled the beans to Alice about his and Arena's marital problems, i.e. that she's feeding pet birds to panthers and he's not getting laid. Um, and then later at work, Oliver continues telling Alice that he's confused because, oh my God. And this is an exact quote. He's never been unhappy before. I know. (laughs) And he goes on to say, everything has always gone swell for me. And in this moment, I've never hated anyone more. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I spat at my TV. Poor baby's life has been perfect. Mm-hmm. And now the moment he encounters the slightest trouble, he's like, oh, uh, I don't know what to do. Also, I should probably leave my wife. <laughs> oh, but wait, no, I also hate Alice because instead of smacking Oliver to grow up and act like a decent person, she starts crying for him. Mm-hmm. Literal tears. She's like, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Uh, and she turns out she's so sad because she can't bear to see him unhappy because shocker of the year. She also <laughs> loves him. Uh, so these two creeps, they can have each other. <laughs> then we start getting to dividing storylines. So Alice and Oliver's budding romance, such as it is, who cares? And Arena's growing fear of being abandoned by Oliver that keeps running pace alongside her fear that as a potential cat person, she's also a danger to him. There's some interwoven scenes in which Alice and Oliver and Arena circle each other, each missing something significant that the other is trying to say or misconstrue something that they're doing. There's like kind of a beautiful scene where um, um, Arena is is like following Alice and Oliver and she thinks that they've gone to meet up, but they haven't really. They've kind of like happened upon each other Mm. and then like she then sees them together but then they leave and like separately and um and then she arena eventually comes home and encounters oliver at home and he's like oh i got to apologize for our fight early oh no he just says i got to apologize 
and she's like, I forgive you. And in that moment, we see that, like, he thinks he's apologizing for, like, running out after they fought. And she thinks he's apologizing for cheating on her. Right. And there's this really, like, subtle, subtle emotional moment where we, the audience, are, are sort of in on what they don't understand. Anyways, love mm-hmm. it. Um, <clears throat> at the same time that all of this is going down, Arena is losing whatever control she has on her inner demon cats. Yes, they are real. Um, and some of her initial transformations are are sort of hinted at. So at one point, Arena is following Alice to her bus stop. But before she can catch her, Alice gets on the bus. And then we cut to a scene of dead sheep with muddy paw prints that become high heel prints leading away. And again, I have lots of logistical questions about this, but that will keep. Uh, and then another one, Arena follows Alice to her apartment and seemingly becomes a panther to scare her. Um, and, and then just like shreds her bathrobe or something. Uh, when Arena's back in therapy, uh, Dr. Jed threatens to, oh, see, I got it this time. Oh, there's a weird flash. Oh, and then I alternate to read again later. (laughs) What was I doing? Oh my God. Deranged. Anyways, Arena is back in therapy and Dr. Jed hauls out the big guns and says she's not getting any better. She uh, could probably be sent to an institution and he'll do it. He'll do it by gum. Um, And then he tells her that she just needs to throw out that weird cat stuff if she wants to lead a normal life. And I understand why therapists were not respected at this time. That advice is terrible. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, but Arena does it, does her darndest. She goes home, she makes dinner, plays a good wifey, even lights some candles, just in time for Oliver to walk in and tell her, no, it's too late, he's made up his mind, he's gonna leave her for Alice, because Alice puts out. <laughs> um, later on, after Alice and Oliver have had coffee with Dr. Judd, um, to discuss their options for cutting out Arena and getting together themselves... They end up back at their workplace. Lots of workplace, like, inappropriate behavior here. Yes, yes, I agree. Like, who wants to get busy in your literal place of employment? No. Yeah. (laughs) I think of all of the offices that I've worked in, and, like, I, like, like, there's, like, such a boner killer vibe. Like, like, I could not think of anywhere that I would want to be horny less. No, exactly. Just like, oh, yeah, no, gross, thanks. No. Um, <laughs> anyways, but they they are undeterred. Um, they go back to the workplace um, and are followed by something that turns out to be a panther. And they're briefly terrorized in the dark by this, this animal. They know it's Arena. Um, and to defend themselves, Oliver hauls a makeshift cross in front of him because cats hate crucifixes yeah Uh, everyone knows that everyone knows that it's a fact both scientific and theological um and yeah so whatever whatever whatever's going on there does the trick panther arena leaves and arena goes home uh in her real body or her lady body um (laughs) who's to say which is the original at this point honestly Uh, only to, uh, and then she goes home, she walks into her apartment, only to realize that creepy skulking Dr. Judd is waiting for her there, 
Um, and at that point he forces her to kiss him. Um, and she transforms into a panther. And this is the only sort of like, this is the closest we get to an on-screen transformation from woman to panther. And I was waiting for it to get campy and weird and silly, but it's like oddly very beautiful and subtle. And there's a lot of shadow work and her, like, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, and then in panther form, she attacks and kills the good doctor, fucking good riddance. (laughs) Um, but is also stabbed with his silver cane in the process as he's flailing around. Um, so then, you know, with this mortal wound, she goes back to the panther cage, um, releases the panther and, um, then dies in front of the cage. And then the panther runs away, but is then also run over by a van. (laughs) <laughs> so real real uh, anticlimactic moment here mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> no cat can live uh, and in the final moments Oliver and Alice show up on scene just in time to see Irena's body um, as it's lying in front of the cage and she has reverted to her panther form in her death throes and then we close up with a quote from John Donne <laughs> naturally naturally <laughs> who is a real person but also inexplicable. The yes. end. The end. Wow. Okay. Very well done. So. <laughs> Thoughts? Oh, boy. So many. I mean, of course, the first thing that comes to mind is is just talking about how little women's trauma is taken seriously. Yeah. Um, to the point where, I mean, she's, she's from the very exotic land of Serbia, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is... Not also, that was not a Serbian accent. No, she's French. Simone Simon is yeah. French. Um, but, I mean, who in 1942 is to know what a Serbian <laughs> no accent is? No one hasn't met a Serbian before. But she's... So she's very invested in the folklore from her country that mm-hmm. naturally Americans don't take seriously because it's silly. Yeah. Um, and she's, you know, trying to tell them mm-hmm. no this is something i'm legitimately afraid of mm-hmm. and instead of listening to her they just want to get all up on her and kiss her and yeah. and marry her and she's i think she she really um we see that balance that struggle where she wants to be a quote-unquote normal woman and experience love and romance and marriage but she's also very afraid of who she is Mm -hmm. and wants to spare everyone in her life, but it's a lonely life. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah, she has no one in her life. Yeah. So I think getting married is, is her attempt to sort of be, be a woman more than a cat. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course, I mean, it's not cool to wait till after you're married to be like, by the way, also (laughs) we we won't be touching ever. Yeah. Yeah. but I mean, also, that's what happens when the guy proposes, like, a weekend. So Two days in. Two days in. <laughs> After giving her a cat and then having a nap himself. Yeah. And, and we just see him, you know, he essentially tells her she's hysterical. Yeah. Dr. Judd um, basically assaults her during their first meeting. Oh, yeah. He leans in and says, what if I were to kiss you? Yeah. Um, which is very inappropriate. He makes good on that promise later. Yeah. yeah, and he stalks her, and he hangs out in her apartment by himself, and yeah. 
you know, like he's a creep. Yeah. And so he's, he's the medical professional in this scenario who not only doesn't believe her, but takes advantage of her fear. Her husband finds somebody who's less drama. So he leaves her and then tries to have her committed so that he can quote unquote, take care of her. They could just have the marriage annulled because there has been no consummation. Mm Mm-hmm. But instead, he opts to have her committed involuntarily, which means he cannot marry, um, what's Good old, her name? what's her face? Alice. Alice. Because, but it's seen as him sacrificing that so that he can look after his wife, which is just such bullshit. Because he does not care about Irena. Mm-hmm. That was a, a matter of sort of him sort of, um trying this exotic new thing mm-hmm. right this this non-american woman and then deciding he liked his co-worker better yeah and it's it's i'm just thinking of the heartbreaking scene when um he and alice and arena go to the museum and they're looking at the boat and the boat has a cat on the prow and they're all into it and he essentially dismisses arena and says you should go somewhere else because you're bored and she says, no, I'm having a great time. I'm interested in this boat and I want to be with you. And Oliver and Alice just basically say, oh, no, this is boring for you. You should go. And we'll meet you later. Yeah, you don't understand. Yeah, so they're they're essentially saying we have yeah. this inside thing that you're not part of. Mm-hmm. And we don't care if you're having a good time. Yeah. Your, your desires aren't valid. Yeah. Yeah, and like, there's a lot, I was reading a little bit about this, and there's a lot of essays about how, you know, when things start falling apart for Arena, um, Oliver and Alice basically getting together, she starts stalking Alice, Mm -hmm. and like, there really isn't similar weight placed on, like, all the stalking that Dr. Judd does. Yes. Like, he's following her the entire time. Yeah. He's showing up, like, randomly where she happens to be um, and weirdly interrogating her and sort of getting up in her space. Um, and and whenever she, like, tries to engage with him to sort of justify what's going on, like, at one point she's like, oh, I, like, don't think that therapy will actually be good for me because, like, the... Th- you're equating mind and soul mm-hmm. and um and you know he's like ah oh, ha 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 you're you're a very <laughs> clever girl you know um like patronizingly like patting very her on the head essentially yeah. um and yeah so she doesn't ever get space for anyone to like you know like give her her due um, whenever she's around people that, that are either like claim to care for her or have sort of like a medical duty of care, mm-hmm. um, like it's overwritten with their agendas and their perceptions and their understandings. Mm-hmm. So her, her own understanding of herself and, and her background and like, you know, what she's genuinely grappling with, um, is always overwritten. Yeah. By these other things that these other people project onto her. Yeah. Well, even the, um, the, the one sort of 
connection to family she has at the Serbian restaurant, the woman who everybody says looks like a cat. I mean, how... I mean, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but her... It's one of those has, things where, like, if you say it, you see it. Yeah. But she also looks like a... She just looked like a woman. woman. <laughs> um, but she... The woman who calls her sister... Mm-hmm. Um, even that has this oppressive connotation to Arena, where she, she knows exactly who, who and what this woman is. Yeah. This woman addresses her in, in Serbian, I assume. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's kind of struck with fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of throws herself more into the wife role, I guess, as a result um, so that's if that's her one and only somewhat familial connection, mm-hmm. whether they're biologically related or not, um, that that very basic relationship has let her down. Mm-hmm. So she really has no one after Oliver abandons her. She she really has no one. She might as well go be a cat because mm-hmm. she she doesn't have any sort of human respect or connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually. Um, previous versions of this script talked about, like, Nazi occupation mm. and sort of infused her um, cat personhood with with sort of trauma um, and, of that specific kind. So there's like this like ancient, you know, like witch lady versus, you know, knight <laughs> a legend, but then there's also much more recently this this um, you know, genocide mm-hmm. um that's informing everything. So she yeah, it, like thinking about all of her acts as as trauma responses was really interesting to me like Mm. like like this is this is uh immigrant who is fully on her own she is a woman from a very far away country on her own in new york city um making her way in the world and then just thinking about yeah, like all the things that she's trying to do to sort of like create a space for herself. Um, yeah, and and like try and try and be well and trying to be as open and transparent as she can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and everyone takes her, you know, her sort of conveying her truth as as. I don't know like it's like it's like a, a like a, a bid for attention maybe or I, like mm. how is it perceived it's like like everybody is offended by her it's offensive yeah it's offensive but it's also like like dismissed yeah well and I, I can't help thinking that as much as she is dismissed by Oliver and Judd and Alice also the other cats in the movie don't like her yeah. Right? Oh my like, God. She's right. She's not. She. She isn't. She's sort of alone. Yeah. She's even not human in... enough for the humans to love her. She's not cat enough for the cats to love her. Mm-hmm. The panthers in the cages back away from her. The kitten. She couldn't 
be around the kitten. Yeah. Um, all all the cats she encounters hiss at her mm-hmm. or back away from her. There's mm-hmm. no camaraderie anywhere. Oh my god, that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just those cats like like walking into a pet store like mm-hmm. like like it's the entire natural world yeah that is sort of like shunned her even though she like she's doing good things for Oliver she's being the best wife she can be um ostensibly mm-hmm. and she brings the cats food mm-hmm. she brought them the bird she brings one cat a steak yeah uh, or some sort of rib roast <laughs> and like she's she is really going out of her way to ingratiate herself with both species and mm-hmm. neither of them accept her fully as one of them. Yeah. It's, it's interesting thinking about her like repeated visits to the Panther cage. Cause she goes back there a lot. Mm-hmm. This is not a long movie and she, she goes there like six or seven times. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, that's really interesting. I actually hadn't thought of her as, like, trying to forge a relationship with the panther um, that way. It seemed to me more like a mesmeric, like, she sees herself reflected. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird sort of, like, looking in a mirror um, at at sort of, like, the self she knows herself to be, like, deep down. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I understood it to be her sort of, like, being compelled back to be like oh that's what i look like on the inside oh that's like who i am deep down but also like oh it's so heartbreaking to think of it also in terms of like she just wants a friend yeah or she's she's trying to she knows you know she knows she's human she knows she has this soul of a cat witch Mm -hmm. and so she's just sounds so cool when we say i know but it's such a bummer in real life turns out yeah but but it's it's just so yeah it's heartbreaking that she can't seem to to get it right with mm-hmm. any anyone everyone is a little put off by her yeah or or afraid of her or yeah she's she's too much cat to be a good wife and too much human to be a good cat <laughs> and, and it's just Ugh. yeah devastating yeah which is kind of like the immigrants plight in a way right yeah um, like, like too much of one thing yeah 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 never fitting in both worlds yeah having to sort of choose which community and and accept that you might not be accepted mm-hmm. yeah is she accepted anywhere it's not clear i mean she's accepted in the beginning because she's this cute little you know yeah she's an adorable button yeah yeah um and they they cast simone simon um because they thought she looked like a kitten like she looked like an adorable baby kitty Uh, which she kind of does she kind of does yeah but but yeah like she was pure like she was accepted purely because she looks um, very soft and cuddly. She's soft and cuddly. And not like something that's like a ter- terrifying predator. Yeah, and, and people think they can control her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is that sort of like what if moment where, I mean, I'm now thinking of her encounter with the Serbian woman in the restaurant mm. as sort of like a, 
sliding doors moment where she's like, that could have been like, you know, that could have been her community. Um, but at this point she's already chosen, mm-hmm. you know, she, like she's literally at her wedding dinner yeah, with this all American doofus. So, by the table. Yeah, yeah, she's looking at this woman through this crowd of, like, well-meaning strangers. Well, not that well-meaning, but, like, you know, <laughs> people who are there to sort of confirm her on this side of things. Yeah. Um, and, and so then there's, I think, the moment of recognition is not just, like, oh, I, like, it's not just a moment of being, like, oh no, she's a cat lady, I'm a cat lady. Uh, da, da, da. It's like, uh, oh, like this could have been like a moment of true connection had had circumstances not been the case. Um, she didn't even know about this Serbian restaurant until mm-hmm. Alice tells her about it. Yes. Um, and she it's, she's sort of like gobsmacked. Like there can be food like this in New York City. And Alice is like, yeah, dummy, there's like uh, all and over the place. it's called Belgrade. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's very clear. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she, like, also needs, like, New York residents to sort of, like, br- bridge that for mm. her. To, like, bring her to her own community places. Yes, yes. So she can't even find a way there. Like, they have to literally guide her. Um, yeah. And it, you're right. It make a reservation at the... Yeah. 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 Like, you leave one place not to go back to it in the new place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Pretty nuts. <laughs> uh, should we talk about sex? Yes, please. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't have anything particular to say about sex, just that, like, it's it sort of pervades this entire movie, and it's never talked about. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, it underpins all the action and to the point where I was like, like, it's just like everyone's really horny Mm -hmm. and, and that is the motivation for everything that's happening. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, and, and because no one believes Irena when she essentially says, I can't be physical with anyone. It's, it's like, that's when the men feel it is their absolute right Mm -hmm. to be physical yeah. Like at one point I think um Dr. Judd says that she's just an adorable little button and how could she possibly be a panther? He says um at one point um do you think I'm afraid of so charming a lady? Um after he says what does one tell a husband? One tells him nothing. <laughs> Fuck. Like he's very clearly oh, a interested. predator. Like yeah, he's a he's predator. A predator. And, and I mean, he's a predator who doesn't believe she can also be a predator. Yeah. He's, he considers himself an alpha. And I think it's so, so interesting that he, I mean, he has a sword cane, everyone. Like a sword cane. <laughs> where the, the top, so the top comes out and that's what he stabs her with, essentially penetrating her. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a murder and a rape. In a way. And that's what kills her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's also what kills him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of satisfying. But yeah, it's, it's very, it's very 
interesting to me that she is just trying to be loved in a non-physical way mm-hmm. and other people can't understand yeah and we constantly are always seeing her completely buttoned up mm-hmm. she dresses very modestly mm-hmm. and this is in contrast to alice when we see her in the pool scene mm-hmm. i mean 1942 we see an actress with a completely bare back and shoulders like it's a sexy i was scandalized yeah and I mean, I'm trying to make something out of the fact that she's dog paddling in the pool, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, like it's, it's like Alice is so aware of her sexuality mm-hmm. and of how she can, um, use it to get Oliver mm-hmm. uh, because he's all horned up with nowhere to put it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Alice is, is sort of an easy get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Irina, she's, she's. She might be interested in sex, but she's more interested in love. Mm-hmm. And Oliver seems very and, interested in sex. And security. Yeah. Because that's that's the other big piece, is that she's like, as long as I'm happy, like, at, at, like things are safe, things are secure. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you know, when my emotional state is disrupted, and, like, I... I don't have control anymore. That's when shit goes down. Mm -hmm. And, and, and she, like, it sounds a little bit like, like a threat, but it's more just sort of like a a warning Mm -hmm. that like, yeah, she, like there are, there are forces at work that are sort of beyond her Mm -hmm. and, and like, you know, she needs she needs to be protected in order for them to to stay at bay mm-hmm. yeah i um really hate the fact that she like like the the kiss and and the penetration are like that is the that is the climactic scene and that's also the scene of like it's like abuse um, and it's specifically also juxtaposed against, like, medical systems mm-hmm. and, like, duties of care. And so we also have this really strong, you know, <laughs> contrast between, between, um, like, old world philosophy and legend and myth and, and, like, spirituality uh, that that is complex, no mm-hmm. doubt. Um, and then the answer to that is just this like horrifyingly abusive medical presence. Yeah, and one that's sort of derivative of hysteria. Yeah. Right. Like, let me cure your hysteria by touching you without your consent, <laughs> and you know, I'll 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 make you hot for your husband by making you hot for me. Um, it's a very, very strange way of um, presenting medicine. <laughs> yeah. And a very self-serving way of presenting medicine. Okay, so I have a question that's, like, kind of related. <laughs> Hypnosis. Uh-huh. Is it ever not skeezy? <laughs> 
<laughs> you mean like in a medical perspective? Yeah. I don't know, man. I <laughs> I would have a really hard time being okay with being hypnotized. I mean, I'm like a little. I'm I'm very interested personally mm-hmm. in what it is like to experience that. Yeah. But I also. I mean, like in real life, I once like looked up like oh like hypnotherapists in in Winnipeg, and like uniformly all of them were like how to lose weight with hypnotherapy, and I was like oh. no thank you, decline gross. decline decline. Um. So yeah, just like mostly like gross weight loss, like you know. Yeah. Um. Stuff, but um, yeah. But I also like in in movies of this kind and let's like this is let's be real the only contact i have with hypnosis at this point um is in like culture and films like this right and and hypnosis always seems to be the thing that like gets at the heart of the matter mm-hmm. and reveals the subconscious mm-hmm. and and sort of pairs away all the bullshit and you know like finally we've got the truth um but it's also always, or seemingly, now I'm trying to think if there's a positive version of it, but like it's also used as uh, coercive. Mm-hmm. And, and once that medical professional like has that person sort of in their thrall, they often blackmail them or, or other things that, that are equally heinous. So there's, like, this comparison between hypnosis being, like, the one thing that's going to get you the truth, but then it's also, like, this really horrible thing because inherently the person is giving up this truth unwillingly. Yeah. It's, it's, they are at their most vulnerable and this other person has complete control. Well, and can you give consent for something you're not sure what you're consenting to? Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. like you can consent to being hypnotized, but you don't, but once you can't you're under, consent yeah. to sharing the information that you have that you don't know you have. Yeah. So it's, it seems very ethically tricky. Yeah. To me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we are currently talking about someone who also like literally assaults her. Yes. Um, so, so clearly he has no problem with all kinds of boundary crossing, but, right. um, yeah, I don't know. I just think about it occasionally when, when hypnosis comes up and like, what, yeah, what are the ethical <laughs> lines around hypnosis and, yeah. and yeah, how do you consent to something if you like inherently cannot consent? Yeah. If anyone knows. <laughs> let us know call in <laughs> or email us <laughs> oh man um what do you think of that john dunn quote yeah okay so let's talk I, about that i want to talk about the 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 gaudiness of it all okay sure and just how like God shows up in various places. Oh, that gaudiness. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, stuff. I didn't think it was that gaudium. <laughs> no, no. It was, it's very lovely. It's, it's very it's beautiful. The, the chiaroscuro is amazing. Oh, my God. And really goes towards her, showing her, her sort of her change. Mm-hmm. And, the you know, the 
bright light on the on Oliver and Alice, and she's always cloaked in Arena's always cloaked in darkness, and <sighs> it's really, really the the play between shadow and light is really lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, not at all gaudy. Yeah, I guess what I mean by gaudy is you know containing Jesus, Jesusy bits. Yeah, um, and it's it's strange because. There, I mean, there's all this horniness and maiming and assault going on. And then toward the end, especially Oliver, um, like when he has that makeshift cross, he's holding up just something that is not cross shaped, but the shadow of it makes it look like a cross. Yeah. And he says something, it's almost like he's calling out a demon. Like he says, in the it's name like an exorcism. Yeah. God kind of, or yeah. something. Get it. You like know, leave us around. Leave us alone. Yeah. Um, so he invokes the name of God. He has this shadow cross. And then we get the, the done quote at the end from Holy Sonnet. It's from Holy Sonnet five. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when Dunn was in his very um his less horny, more religious, yeah, horny for God phase. Um although I mean like I I saw a quote somewhere that was like when Dunn is writing about God, he's really writing about fucking. And when he's writing about fucking, he's really writing about God. Well, I mean, maybe. They are kind of... Which is a delightful idea, but yeah, I'm not entirely convinced. Because he does get much more staid. Yes. Like, his his horny for ladies poems We're talking are about, like, the flea very versus... Very horny yeah. for ladies. Yeah. <laughs> versus batter my heart three-person God. Like... Oh, but that's about butt fucking. Yeah, okay, fine. But it's it's... I mean, the flea is, the the metaphysical conceit is very much, like, there's, like, yes, there's the language of, you know, cloistering and mm-hmm. holy marriage bed, but it's, it's just about sex. Oh, yeah. No, like, he's, 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 he's like. fully trying to get a lady to sleep with him. Yeah. Um, By being like, it's, shh, 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 it's all right, we've already done right. it in this flea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. We're basically married already because this flea bit both of us. Bit both of us. Yeah, but Holy Sonnet number five. I can't remember the exact line. Do you have it? Uh, I I actually looked it up because I was like, what is the rest of this? So it's the one that starts, I am a little world made cunningly. Yes. Of elements and an angelic sprite, but black sin. Okay, and this is the quote that is at the end. But black sin hath betrayed to endless night my world's both parts, and oh, both parts must die. Yes. And so I understand the sort of, like, needing to die to Mm -hmm. the parts of yourself that don't serve yourself. I'm I'm concerned that the the book-ending quotations talk about sin and seem to imply that Irena is the big sinner here who needs to to kind of give give up on parts of herself but oh fully because like (laughs) i mean the only other person that i would say is the clear villain is obviously the good doctor oh yeah um but his is the quote that starts the movie Mm -hmm. calling out sin so yeah it's positioned very much against yeah the cat person which then is to say i mean is it because she is she's talking about maybe a, a spiritual belief that it doesn't align with christianity or is it because she's a but it does kind woman? of because she like yeah. she in her in one of her sort of things she like talks about how terrible it was mm. 
And then she's like, oh, and I don't want to shock you because it, like, you know, wasn't very Christian. I don't think she mm-hmm. would uses the word Christian, but, like, it it goes much more Jesus-y than I thought it was going to. Yes. And she seems, she's very repentant for things she hasn't done yeah. yet. Yeah. Like, we're talking about her great-great-grandmothers. Mm-hmm. But to frame her as this monster, like, I, I wonder, I get on one level, yeah, she's, she's... You know, she kills the doctor. She's the one who turns into a cat. That's weird. But... But that's sort of as far as we can push it, really. Yeah, she's kind of... She's the victim yeah. in all things in this movie. Right? She's taken advantage of by Oliver. She's betrayed by Oliver and Alice, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be her friend. She's betrayed by her doctor. Mm-hmm. She's betrayed by the other cats yeah. in the movie. And... and and yet nothing, everybody who betrays her is sort of given a pass, right? Like, not much They is go on made. with their lives, yeah. Yeah, like, Oliver and Alice, it's, it's almost perfect. like the movie, sh- the movie frames their relationship as the one that should have been. Oh, it's like normalcy sort of, like, reasserting itself. Yeah, it's yeah. It's finally like, ah, yes, good, the status quo is, like, here. Yeah, and since Irena dies at the end, it's all clean, and they don't have to worry about sacrificing no anything. No mess, no fuss. Yeah. yeah. No, it sort of takes care of itself. She's mm-hmm. she's taken off the board. Yeah, which again is like, is the movie just completely ignorant of its own hypocrisy, or is the movie trying to show us mm-hmm. about hypocrisy? Like, is this whole movie about the hypocrisy of everyone else? Like, I wonder, because Irina is such a sympathetic character. Mm -hmm. Like, there is... I mean, I was going to say there's no way that you can sort of, like, manipulate viewing this into making her the villain... But I guess, like, anyone, anything's possible. But, like, y- you have to tra- try darn hard mm-hmm. to to make her into any kind of, like, mustache-twirling yeah. villain. Like, she is honest and upfront and, yeah, looks like a little kitten. Yeah. This whole time. Like, she, and, and like, people do things to her. Yeah. She is done, too. Well, and yes, she feels jealous and hurt, but that's because she's done too. Yeah. Like it's very I, normal things. Like, oh no, you breach trust by telling someone that I'm having a hard time, or yeah. oh, you're fooling around with this person now. Yeah, like, like I would these are also real things. be jealous and angry and sad. Like, that's, yeah, she's the most human one. Yeah. Well, and this—that's the other thing—is that she is also the most complex person. Is that like mm-hmm. Oliver, mouth breather? absolute doofus idiot um <laughs> just stands around like a cardboard cutout mm-hmm. oh, if there ever no was one at all yeah and alice has barely any more than that mm-hmm. um and and the doctor i think is our mustache twirling villain absolutely yeah so also like very very uh, cardboardy and like one-dimensional so we also just don't have people yeah. aside from Arena in mm-hmm. this movie, really. Yeah. 
Like, she is the only one with any kind of depth and interiority. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So then, like, we're automatically going to be sympathetic with her. Yeah. Well, and I think... Regardless. I think, too, like, when when she's chasing Alice down that that alley and Mm -hmm. when um, she goes down to the pool... Like, I think parts of us want a showdown, right? Yeah. And at one point when they're in the pool, or when, when Alice is in the pool, Irina is standing by the pool, and yeah. kind of looks like the cat who ate the canary, yeah. and, so to speak. And, nice, uh, nice. Thank you. And then after Alice is done screaming, she's just like, oh, I just came down to, to like, see Like, oh, you're you. here. Yeah. So she's, that's, that's. Like the best when she um, when she plays coy like that, and that's it's that's so kind brief. Of, but those moments where she's so in control, yeah, yeah. But like that's the only one I can really think of where mm-hmm. she's a hundred percent like knowing exactly what she's doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the other other piece of this is that she she says that she has no memory of those times when she is a cat. Mm -hmm. So that only, like, adds to sort of, like, well, whether that's true or not. Although I don't, I mean, she's sort of set up as, like, telling the truth all the time. Yeah. And that is the final quote also from Oliver. She never lied to us. Yes, yes. So so that is, like, a weird moment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but also in a way that, like, still focuses on I don't know. It irritated me because it was like focusing on Oliver in a way that like, oh, we should have known because she told us. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, dummy, she told you. But like, <laughs> but like him being like, oh, I was fooled and deceived, but she was at least telling the truth. But like, yeah, it's like I'm it was all in your victim. own brain, dummy. Yeah. And if you just maybe like believed her and Believe not women. rushed into marriage and, uh... and like noticed that Alice has been in love with you forever yeah like uh there is that's the that's the major thing i think in this movie it's just everybody is bad at communicating very very bad at communicating yeah well and like what i the the thing i said before about how like it's most clearly demonstrated when she walks in arena i mean walks in and and there's like that apology moment yes and it's clear that they're like talking past each other mm-hmm. and she is forgiving him for this much greater perceived wrong than he is apologizing for right and um yeah so so they're like they're even even when they think that they're like on the same page and and are sort of like reaching some kind of you know mutual understanding they're not well, and they have two yeah. different ideas of what marriage is, and two yeah. different ideas of what friendship is, and what mm-hmm. what boredom Care is. is. <laughs> yeah, boredom. Oh my god, hardship. Hardship. Yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> oh. That <laughs> scene. That scene where he says he's never. He's just been happy his whole life. Happy my whole life. It's just like what on earth. <laughs> oh. Must be nice, dude. Must yeah, be nice. Yeah, like, oh. 
and to be sort of like befuddled by this this what I would say fairly minor problem that your wife is being too honest with you. Yeah. I've encountered a hardship. I hate it. A hardship. I hate it. My Make wife. It stop. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> For real. Ugh. We are not Oliver fans. <laughs> Can refuse. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I also just like love. Okay, so this is like pivoting from from um, content to more technical stuff. But the lighting in this movie, uh-huh. the scenes would be like I don't want to say simple because that makes it sound like like they're not beautiful but they like there would often be just sort of like one one sort of like very small thing in focus and and like one point of light Mm -hmm. to draw the eye um so like we'll be looking down a dark hall into like a lit doorway or we'll be looking at arena's face with a spotlight on her while she's in hypnosis or we'll be looking out a dark window and seeing sort of like lights in the distance. Mm. Um, yeah. And I was like, for, for what I had thought would be like a cheesy B horror movie was a really delightful surprise Ah. to just like enjoy this treat of a visual experience. Yeah, it was beautiful. It looked like a painting mm-hmm. most of the time. Like it's it's very intentionally done, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, just the the contrast, these deep deep shadows and these bright lights just make it so that I think that that helps too, so that they don't have to show her transforming, mm-hmm. right? They can just show her. Also, they didn't have very much time with the panther. Yes, also that. So they were like, if we have sort of like a weird shadow moving. Yeah. Well, it, and it's cheaper that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, less animal wrangling. Yeah. And yeah, so so it really helps. And I mean, Hitchcock does this all the time. You, you're more afraid of something you can't see. Yeah. And so it ends up being much better for the movie that we don't see her transform. Mm-hmm. Right, we get so many hints that she is transforming, mm-hmm. like from the footprints and sheep to yeah. um, the ripped robe. Um, but I think and that... like low growls, the auditorium. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, the and this is like really intangible, but like the the scent that she leaves. Yes, her perfume. Her perfume. And they're like, oh, no one was here, but I smell her. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. So it it ends up being better for the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so much more atmospheric. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, like I was expecting when we finally do get sort of the most on-screen transformation we ever get, I was expecting like, oh, you know, the ears to pop out and you yeah. know, like like a full camp moment. And and instead it, it sort of, like, is this weird fade to shadow. Yeah. And her eyes become, like, stars. Yes. And and she just becomes more mysterious, and then the shadows take over. Yeah. And it's really lovely. 
yeah, they sort of envelop her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very much afraid that they would try to show her growing ears and a tail or something. Popping and, fur out, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, that would just take me right out. Yeah. Although but, I do still have questions. Do the shoes then become part of her body? Yes, I was wondering that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do they just retract and and then... Like, much better than the Hulk situation, where, like, yes. he bursts out of every bit of clothing that he's in every time. It's true. If the clothes just become part of you, like, in your transformation, no muss, no fuss, once again. So yeah. tidy. So tidy. So tidy. Do they have to be specific clothes that you wear just in case you transform? Mm. Why wear heels? I mean... She is wearing a lot of, like, like especially towards the end, she does wear a lot of black. So she already mm. starts to sort of dress the, part. dress the part. And and it looks like they're sort of velvety even to yeah, the coats. Yeah, that's true. So it, it does feel like as she starts to transform more and more, like, like the two sides of her start to, to yes. get closer together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So less of a like a polarized. Ooh yeah, uh, and then when she dies, she dies as a cat. As a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Do you have any any other things you want to talk about before we jump into moments of joy? Uh, no, let's talk about moments of joy. All right. Did you have moments of joy? I really enjoyed when Alice I mean, aside from this paddles. whole seventy three minutes of, <laughs> of absolute perfection. I I love when Alice dog paddles <laughs> because I just feel like. It's so funny to me that she's dog paddling in a movie about cats. It's, and she's clearly, you know, she dives into the pool to get away from the panther. And then she's just barely, like, she cannot swim. She doesn't why look like she, she can swim at all. Why no. go in the water? <laughs> I mean, I guess. Also, she, like, apparently swims all the time. Yeah, but not no, well. No, not well. No. So, I don't know. That really got me. And then just how... I mean, this isn't really a moment of joy, but it it is funny in a disturbing way. Just how, yeah, how entitled to joy Oliver is. Yes. Yeah. Like it is egregious that mm-hmm. that something has disrupted his perfect record. Yes. Of absolute bliss. Yes. Oh, and the the other thing that gave me a moment of joy was when I realized that the doctor had a sword cane. Oh my god! Yeah. I wrote in all caps sword cane. <laughs> so I was like, "What? That's exactly what this movie needed." Yeah, there's even a moment where he's like, "He's like, I don't have silver bullets, but <laughs> yeah." Which is also like, "Well, is she a werewolf? Is she a vampire? Like, like all of these methods of killing aren't for cat people. They're well, for... the vampire thing too. Also, with the cross, seems yeah. more likely. Where he was like, "Leave us alone." Yeah. No. Oh man. Okay. Um, so I had a lot of moments of joy, but I'll try and narrow it down. No, no need. So one of them was just that the cat at Oliver's work is called John Paul Jones. Yes. (laughs) Honestly, having a cat that has a last name is hilarious. Having a cat that also has a middle name, perfection. (laughs) Love it. Want more of it. Um, also, there's just, like, a couple very brief scenes with a cleaning lady at Oliver's work 
who is like scrubbing floors, but she has a perpetual cigarette in her mouth. Oh yes. And I just loved the visual of her like like scrubbing away and this cigarette dangling from her mouth while she's going <laughs> about it. Um oh love it. Love it. Um also seeing Teresa Harris very briefly mm. um as Minnie the waitress. Yes, yes. Oh like I want her to have had a better career and I know it's like fully racism Mm -hmm. yes but she was great and reminded me that we need to watch Babyface again oh yeah oh she's Chico from Babyface yes yes um and then I'm sad to say that 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 Dr. Judd has a moment in my moments of joy but in one of the scenes with Teresa Harris he fully orders like a plate of Rockford cheese <laughs> and I got to give a shout out to cheese man. Every time I see cheese in a film. So yeah, yeah. that was a beautiful moment cheese of joy for me. Cheese is joyful. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, did you, okay. So movie connections, you already talked briefly about yes. the, the 1980s. Yes. So apparently there's also a sequel. I saw that too. Yes. I can't remember what it's called right now. Curse of the Cat Curse People. Curse of the Cat People, yes. But, yeah, the 1982 remake... And it came out pretty fast, right? It did, yeah. Um, the 1982 remake is... Um, Fully a remake of this? Or is it a spinoff or whatever? I believe it's a it's fully a remake, but it, it takes some things in different directions. So, it introduces a brother figure. Okay. Um, Who also turns into names. a cat? Well, I didn't get far oh, enough. Spoiler. To... I'm sorry. <laughs> I interrupted. But they seem to have more of a culty vibe going on. Oh. There's more than just her. Um, oh. Yeah. I love a community. Her name her. is still Arena, but yeah. Malcolm McDowell's name is Paul. And then they go to Ruby D's house and everything is mysterious. So. And how does John Hurt fit into it? John Heard. I don't. Oh, I don't Heard. know. Yeah. Oh. I didn't you hadn't gone that far. No, I only got thirteen minutes in, but I plan mm. to watch the rest of it. Very good. Please wait for me. It's yes. It looks just bananas. As Rebecca St. James said, "I'm waiting for you. Wait for me too." Something out there for all you Christian kids. <laughs> all you kids who grew up listening to music that you no longer listen to. Um, I have one other thing to throw into this is that um, Dr. Judd also got uh, a sort of spinoff oh. called The Seventh Victim. And I don't know anything about it because I was like, gross. But <laughs> um, yeah, there's that. Also, apparently, there's... Um, a Canadian remake, kind of, called Ginger Snaps. Oh, yeah! Yeah. Which, have you seen? I haven't seen. I haven't seen it, but I everyone has oh. been talking about it. It has um, one, of the, one of the ladies from Hannibal. With yes. Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> Mad, Mad about Mads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, yes. So, lots of, lots of movie connections in this one. Oh, we gotta watch Ginger Snaps. Oh, all right. Well, first, first we'll watch The Cat People, mm-hmm. 1980s, and then we'll... Whoops. Was that a cat? No, that was a box. Well, boo. <laughs> was it a cat ghost? It was not a cat ghost. Boo. <laughs> Better not be. I hope my cat is very much alive. No, no, no. It would be other cat ghosts. Oh, okay, good. 
You know how when cats stare at like walls just like vacantly for hours and hours on end? Yes. They're looking at cat ghosts. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so what in summation, what did we learn? And also juiciest bits, juiciest butts. I, I learned that, um, there is still a rich history of not paying attention to women's trauma, mm. even in B horror movies. Yeah. Um, I learned that sword canes are, are real, real and mm-hmm. cool, but dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the juiciest, butt I think has to go to one of the Panthers. I was going to say the cats. Yeah. 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 The cat butts. Panthers are ripped. They are. Those are some sexy cats. Yeah. Also, her drawings of panthers, which we haven't talked about, mm-hmm. is very stylized. They're very muscular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't talk about the fact that she could be a furry, and this is why. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oliver just didn't wear a cat costume, and that's why she couldn't be with him. Yeah, no, I would definitely say cat butts for sure, mm-hmm. real life and also artistic. Yeah. yeah. Um, ten out of ten, those things go the distance. A <laughs> uh, lot of other disappointing butts. So. Yes. Yeah, I don't care for the other butts in the movie. Maybe pet store lady. Oh, did we see her butt? Oh, mm-hmm. you know Maybe what? Just in passing. I, similar to what I did uh, after watching Parasite, I had to like go back and be like, was that a good butt? No, it wasn't. Was that a good butt? <laughs> like I like yeah. I rewatched sections specifically looking for butts. Yeah, yeah. Because the butts passed by so fast. It's true. Yeah. It's <sighs> anyway. True. That's the end. Do you have anything in conclusion you want to say? Um any shout outs? You know, if you feel read more John Dunn poetry. You, yeah, read more John Dunn, especially the sexy bits. And uh if you feel in your soul or, that you're a cat I mean I just... would never say this to, about anything else don't read george herbert don't read any of that bullshit no some of his some of his the- theological stuff is pretty horny like oh I was yeah saying. yeah so it depends on like what you're in the mood for mm-hmm. but you know don't bother with andrew marvell though oh my god fuck andrew marvell he knows what he did <laughs> yes yes <laughs> he does and also, if you're if you know in your soul you're a cat, you just let your freak flag fly. Oh yeah, and don't listen to your therapist. No. Keep all of your cat paraphernalia prominently displayed. You're yeah. living your best life. Don't listen to him. He doesn't know shit. And no means no. No definitely means no. For the juiciest bits podcast, I have been Charlie, and I have been and remain Penny. I will. I will also be Charlie in the future as well. Oh good. Just to I'm glad. Yeah. All right. All right. Goodbye.